Welcome to Hot Breath Comedy Fam. On Monday, May 13th, I am teaching a clean comedy workshop. The last four I have taught sold out very quickly, so if you wanna learn about clean comedy, the business side, where the line is, how to write clean comedy, go to the link in the description of this episode, and we'll see you there. Give your comics a good experience. I mean, they're the reason your show is good, or they're gonna be the reason your show is shit. So you need to make sure to treat them like, you know, for me, at least I want to treat my comics that come on my show like celebrities. I want them to feel like celebrities. I want them to feel special. I want them to know that when they get booked that, you know, you are valid. You're, you're going somewhere. Don't give up. Like, keep growing. Like, this will be a credit for you one day. So that's kind of what the kickback has turned into. It's this, this form to expose people in my city who their English comics are and to hopefully like grow into something where I can pay comics a lot of money, film specials, and just give people a reason to come to Montreal and, and stay in Montreal. Hot breath. What's goody, Hot breath verse? Welcome back to Hot Breath, the show where you learn comedy from the pros. I'm your host, comedian Joel Byers, and at Hot Breath, our mission is to cultivate the next generation of self-made comics by dropping these episodes every single Monday. We've interviewed over 400 comedians like Andrew Schultz and Cedric the Entertainer and Jeff Foxworthy and Mark Normand and so many more all about the craft, but my favorite interviews are with you, comedy peers. If we can reach across the aisle and help each other level up together... That's how we're going to change the comedy game, which is why this show started, to help you comedians create your own success. And our guest today is certainly doing that. She DM'd me on Instagram just singing praise of Hot Breath and how much it has helped her in her career. And it was so inspiring, and what she's doing in Montreal is so inspiring. I knew she had to come on and be a guest. I actually brought her in to our Hot Breath Pro community, where every week I do a live Q&A with the members of that group. But she came in to actually answer questions live and give a master class on how to produce your own comedy show. So take notes and inhale a hot breath with Eva Alexopoulos. I'm more inspired than ever to like be interviewing and learning from people like you and comics like you who are like, well, we just create our own opportunities here. We don't have to wait on anyone. And uh, what you've been able to build up in Montreal is, uh, I mean, like the best show up there now in such a short amount of time as well. So wow, thank you. To get you in here. <laughs> I'm excited to get you in here all via Instagram. Ever reached out via Instagram and was like, I love the show. And then I was like, you should come on the show. And look at us now. <laughs> yeah. I do love this show. I mean, I, I was telling him before we went live that it's like my morning meditation every morning. I just take my little Dalmatian for a walk to the park, roll myself a joint, and I take a hot breath. And I'm just like, today I'm going <laughs> to learn about this. <laughs> like, and then three hours later, I'm home because I just, my boyfriend's like, where are you? I'm like, hot breath. Like, hot breath. <laughs> you know, Joel? Hot breath. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, okay, you're a nerd. I'm like, yes. I yes, I am. So but yeah, so thank you for what you're doing for all of us and creating a platform where we can all just meet and connect and like, Joel's the man, man. Oh, the man. Snap. I'm clipping that. I'm just going to show that to my wife on Luke. Joel's the man, man. Yeah, he's like, you hear that, babe? <laughs> Could you give us- Someone in another country sees it. Montre hey, every we're on every continent, but um, 
Well, Rex, you and I are on the same continent. You're in Montreal, so we're the same continent. But every continent but Antarctica right now. So well, that is quite the spreadsheet. And so you're just we, like, why won't anyone? <laughs> Everyone knows your podcast. It's the best podcast. Oh, wow. Thank you. Wow. Wow. I don't I mean, you know, we could just spend this whole time just praising hot breath, I guess. If we want to. <laughs> it yeah, does yeah, sound kind of culty sometimes when people be like, have you heard hot breath? They're like, hot breath. It's like, have you have you been saved by hot breath? Have you heard? Yeah. They're like, is that a type of yoga that I don't know about? <laughs> like, is it? Where can I go for this? Well, just to just to get to it, could you give people just like an introduction to yourself and what what you're doing up there in Montreal? Maybe a little context of who you are, your comedy journey, and how we got to where you are today. Oh, hell yeah. Well, hi, everyone. Thanks for having me on today. So my name is Eva. I am a local comic and producer out here in Montreal. Um, so the reason I reached out to Joel was because I felt like there was this reputation that Montreal has that needs to be explained a little deeper. And I wanted to kind of create this open avenue to invite all of you to come do comedy in Montreal because it's a great city and a great place. But I was explaining to him how I thought that people might be intimidated because of the Just for Laughs Festival. So, you know, it's the biggest comedy festival in the world. We host com like comedians from all over the world. But what people don't know is that we're in a French province. So there's actually this huge split of English comedy and French comedy. Now, it looks like this year, post-pandemic, we've all kind of started to collaborate together. But the English comedy scene is actually really, really tiny. And we're all made up of independent producers, which is what makes it really, you know, special and unique. So we have people like straight out of Montreal who runs all of the open mics. We have Ben Cardilly. We got Bunny Juice. We got, I mean, I can name a million names. But what makes, you know, the Montreal scene special is that if we don't produce our own shows, the scene's going to die. Oh. And that's why like it has a whole. Yeah, because, you know, there's we have one comedy club official one, which is the Comedy Nest. But after that, we had one other one that burnt down called the Comedy Works. And there really was nothing. So all of these independent producers who were comedians started popping up and creating their own opportunities. So it's this cool pioneer city. Um, that I started doing comedy in, in 2016. And back then I was this youngin. I was 300 pounds, just starting off comedy. Um, I finally went for it, bombed my first one, <laughs> loved it. I, I was, you know, your friends sometime will just tell you like, stop being a pussy, like, excuse my language. Or they're just like, you know what, Eva, just like go up and do it. So I got super drunk and super stoned with it thinking that would be a great idea. Good start. And I think I did 30 seconds of rambling of like, sometimes when I bend down, I fart. And it was <laughs> the biggest bomb of my life. But I left the happiest pig and shit. Like I was like, I'm a comic. I bombed. Like it can't get any worse than this. Like this is an awesome feeling to like just eat shit. Like <laughs> they don't know what was wrong with me at the time. But I was, oh man, I was ecstatic. And then um, I was going through some family stuff two years later and I was like, you know what? I gotta, I gotta leave for a bit. I gotta go figure out who I am. I felt like I got to a point in comedy where I felt comfortable quitting. Like for me, it was sort of this, I want to prove that I can do it. I don't want to die and not say I didn't try it. Like I'd rather have tried it and failed 
then have just been like, no, 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 no more. So I had done like Gotham Comedy Club in New York City and like got myself to a point where I was like, you know what? I did it and I'm okay not doing it, but I just need to go live life for a bit. I come from a very suffocating Greek family, like God loves them, but in our culture, it's like live for your family, die, make babies. Like there's no (laughs) traveling at all or independence. So I went to go work for a company called Club Med out in the Dominican Republic for Mm. two years. And the thing about Club Med, and it, it does tie into the show, is that they're a company that was founded on doing things first and was founded on human connection. So they're all about animation. They're all about, you know, talking to people, knowing people by first name. So as like an employee, we had to sit with the guests. We had to party with the guests. There was always a manager at the front of the restaurant greeting everybody by name, looking to them in the eyes. So for two years, I was in this environment of pure entertainment, you know, how to create a vibe, how to connect with people, how to dance. You know, we put on tons of theater shows and you really see that and you learn that you are a mirror and your audience is a mirror of you. So whatever Mm -hmm. energy that you portray on stage, your audience is going to give you back. And that was a huge tool. So when COVID hit, I didn't want to come back to Canada. I was on a deserted island on the only resort of that time. I was, Why the hell are you guys sending me back to the virus? Like, keep me here. I'll crack coconuts. I don't care. <laughs> I, I'll feed the stray dogs. I, I'll do anything. Like, just don't send me back. So they sent me back. <laughs> and and um, that's that's when I met my um, my boyfriend at the time. And we started hanging out. And he said, you know, let's just do this show. Why not? I'm a DJ. You're a comedian. Let's just throw a show for 30 of our closest friends. And that's it. Like before COVID hits, before shit hits the fan, let's throw this show. So we hustle message all of our friends. That was the first show. That's what we did. We messaged all of our closest friends and we're like, yo, like we're going to throw this tiny little underground show at this bar. They're going to like put garbage bags all over the windows and lock the doors so we can dance and party after like this total speakeasy twenties vibe is what it's become in Montreal. And we did it and it was a huge success. So there was a dance party after I'm really crazy and energetic. So like I scream like a madman, probably because I'm Greek. I only know yelling (gasps) and it ended up being this like crazy party and all the girls were like, woo, and all the guys were like, yeah. And that's when kind of the kickback was born, but it was never supposed to go further than that one time. And then people messaged us, our friends being like, when's the next one? Like, I never heard of those comics. Like, how come I've never heard of those people? So we did one and then we did another and then we did another and then COVID really hit. So of like October last year was the last hurrah we had and we had to stop. And we came back in July and we did our first show back in a year in July. And it was all of a sudden 60 people. And then the show after that was 70 people. And then this past show that we had was about 150 people. Wow. So we never, we never expected the show to grow this way. But I think the reason that it did grow this way is because of how we treated the people who came to our show and how we treated our comics. Mm. So I think that jumping off into it, if you're going to produce a show, there's some questions that you have to like ask yourself. I sent you like the template to share with everyone. You did. But mm-hmm. you got to know 
Yeah. You, you got to know if you're going to you want to come out of this show, right? So for me, it was English comics are barely paid. Comics in general are barely paid at all, like unless you're at a certain level. Mm-hmm. And because, you know, my boyfriend and I both had a ba- have a background in marketing, I wanted to create something that people were going to be proud to be a part of and proud to perform on. Because I do think a comics performance has a big, you know, ha- how do I say this? Comics performance can be heavily impacted by the environment that you put them in. So if you predispose them to a certain amount of success and comfortability, whether they're pro or they're amateur, they're going to be able to give the best of themselves, you know? And I wanted to create something where comics came on my show and they're like, I just did the kickback. Like I just got paid 50 bucks for five minutes. I just got paid, you know, like, and it's all I can afford right now because I'm an independent producer, but soon I hope I can pay, you know, comics, a hundred bucks for 10 minutes. Like I get paid on festivals sometimes, you know, like it's small, but when you're growing and you're trying to build yourself, that's enough motivation to keep you going. You know, it's enough motivation to be like, you know what? I got something here because I got onto this show and it was really validating and the crowd loved me and it gives me a reason to keep going. And, you know, so that's one thing is that people focus a lot on like making money sometimes and they don't focus as much on the experience that they're creating for an audience and the experience you're creating for comics because word will spread around like fire. If you give your comics a good experience, I mean, they're the reason your show is good or they're going to be the reason your show is shit. So you need to make sure to treat them like, you know, for me, at least I want to treat my comics that come on my show like celebrities. I want them to feel like celebrities. I want them to feel special. I want them to know that when they get booked that, you know, you are valid, you're, you're going somewhere Don't give up, like keep growing, like this will be a credit for you one day. So that's kind of what the kickback has turned into. It's this, this platform to expose people in my city, who their English comics are, and to hopefully like grow into something where I can pay comics a lot of money, film specials, and just give people a reason to come to Montreal and, and stay in Montreal. So how do you create that experience i'd like to get i like to get the experience on the audience but let's do the comic first so you may, you want to make them feel like a celebrity like how what do you do to do that so for honestly for me again um it's all about personal connection mm-hmm. so i always you know for one the pay the pay is the first thing i do now the thing is, is that comics at any level will just appreciate any gesture. So, you know, we're all aware in the community that sometimes, you know, it's a sponsored show. So they even give free meal tickets, but five bucks is enough to show that I appreciate you. Unless it's like an open mic where you go and you sign up and that's the type of show that it is. Then yeah, like that's part of the hustle and bustle of a comic that you have to do. But if you're producing a show and there are tickets being and you know that you're going to make a certain gross amount, something as small as $10 and two drink coupons and just a thank you so much goes so far. Because, I mean, as comics, all we want to do is be validated, right? And appreciated. So, you know, verbalizing that, pumping them up with the audience, give them a sick intro, get people clapping for them, get them excited, make them feel valued i mean i've had great introductions and i've had horrible introductions like and it really does affect my set because you have to recover from that 
so, you know, that's one thing I do. The other thing I do is in the green room, I have this big bowl of candy um, that I, sorry, I have to burp. Oh, you're good. Inside burp. Yeah. <laughs> sorry, <laughs> hot breath. Sorry, hot breathers. Literal hot breath. We're going to yeah, change it to but, burp uh, breath. um so that's one of the things so in the green room i have candies uh all the comics in the back get this bottle of bourbon by our sponsor Ufrost. so i have like this tiny bar set up in the back sponsors yes local sponsors um so they they gave us like a bottle of bourbon so i give my comics in the green room they have you know drinks set up ice bucket bourbon and i let them know like about the crowd. I let them know about the show. I thank them for doing the show. And I say, this is an open bar for you guys. This is like additional. I, I don't really want you guys buying drinks. Like this is for you have some candy soon. I want to have like pizza and catering. <laughs> it's like a nice touch, but yeah. detail. So detail is really important. I think for the experience of the comics, you know, they often walk into the venue and see a hundred people. So they might get nervous or they might get excited so when I see them at the door, I personally bring them to the green room. I, if I haven't met them yet, I introduce myself and this is for you. Can I get you anything? Like just treat people nicely, you know, and they'll feel like celebrities. Cause most of the time in this world, like people kind of treat people like shit. So it's very surprising how far kindness can go to just make someone feel like, wow, I was treated really kindly at this venue. You know, the host kept checking up on me, asking me if I needed anything. Like I'm just a comic who, Whoever asks those questions, wow, yeah, you know, do you guys need water before you go on stage? Like I'm hosting them as well. Like they're coming into my home. So I need to make sure that they feel welcome when they come to, when they come to my home. So I, at least I hope that's how they feel. <laughs> that's how I think I, I treat them. That's awesome. And how about on the um, audience side? creating that you really stuck with me on a Kralian experience, you know, and not just like a show. Mm -hmm. So for the audience, how, how are you creating this experience? And for people um, watching live, I did post in the group, her uh, pre-show check, her show checklist as well. But, um, so y'all for y'all to use at your leisure, but, uh, yeah. How do you create an experience for the audience? So I use the, the first thing I do is I set down the checklist. So for me, an experience starts from the moment someone falls on your Instagram page or your event page to the day or couple of days after the show. Everything is part of the experience. So for us, one, it starts with branding. What kind of branding do I want? And the kind of branding that you choose from fonts to colors um, to the type of music you use will all generate who you attract to your show. So when you're sitting down and you're doing your checklist, you're like, okay, how do I want my audience to feel about my show? Right? You're this one of the questions. So I want my audience to feel energized. I want my audience to feel like they're having a night out, not that they're just going to a comedy show. They're, they're going to the kickback and they can know what they can expect at the kickback. But it's my job in the marketing to tell them what they can expect and create kind of this experience through the screen. So what I like to do is I take phone videos from previous shows, uh, a really easy editing tool and a big cheat. So I'm going to list some apps for everyone to download and it's going to help a lot with your branding and make marketing super easy. You do not need to hire 
a graphic designer every single time. It's really costly. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to say download these apps. So download Mojo, M-O-J-O, download Canva. And if you want to edit videos quickly and you want to also expand your market quickly, TikTok. It is my biggest cheat sheet. It's my biggest tool. I use it like crazy because TikTok has this feature where you can upload a bunch of videos. You can see what songs are trending at the moment. So that way, if you post a video on your TikTok or you make an account to your TikTok, using sounds that are trending and syncing it with photos and videos of your work will automatically get you more exposure to that graphic who are using those sounds. So looking at what's trending, piecing those things together is one tool pre-show that will help you a lot. But when you're just starting off with a new show, um, I've always believed in just reaching out to your network, starting small. You know, someone is always going to bring one friend here or one friend there, and it kind of builds. Once you get that, you're like, all right, name of my show, kickback. Okay, how, what does is, what is the kickback mean? So the kickback is a place where people can relax. It's a place where people can feel comfortable in their own skin. Um, I want people to feel okay to be rowdy. I want them to feel okay to scream and, and to get into it and not be shy because sometimes audiences can be shy before they know what they're getting into. So what am I going to do? I'm going to make sure that my promos reflect the experience that they're going to have. So I'll use high, you know, high beat music with drums and I'll use flashy colors. So yellow is a great color to use on the branding color wheel. It represents the gestures. It represents um, the hero factor. So look, there's so many things that colors that you can go into it, but you want to use bright colors, for example, oranges, yellows are really great. They attract the eye um, and fonts. So we use Cooper font. It's a groovy 70s font, very young. Um, if you want something more posh, you might go for Helvetica or something different, but all of these tiny details will send a message to your audience of being like, oh, if I go to that show, I know that I'm going to be able to dress this way. And I know I'm going to be able to act this way. And I know I'm going to be able to drink. And that's, that's what we want. So for us, it's a party. It's a comedy party, mm. period. So we, and we push that with our music, with our cuts, with our colors, with the comics that we put on. And that's another thing is that marketing can get you so far, but you don't want to get caught in the trap of booking your friends or booking comics that you might personally really like or identify with, but don't quite fit your show. And that's one aspect that sometimes people are like, well, you know, I produced this show and I did do all the graphics and I did do these tools, but we're not growing. And, it, and you have to ask yourself, well, are you listening to your audience? What does your audience find funny? Because it's not about me. You know, I could find, I, I think as comics, we can all appreciate different types of humor. You know, like I love dry humor. I love slow humor. I love British humor. And, and you can really understand the art of it. But my crowd is university working adult crowd. They, and Gen Z is crazy. Eh? Gen, Gen Z is nuts. They need bangers every five seconds because they don't got attention span. So if you're not hitting them with a, with a good liner every 15 seconds, they're going to start picking their ears. Like they don't know what's going on. <laughs> so like even, even that, you know, is your demographic millennials or are they Gen Z and how are they going to re react? You know, are they POC? Are they part of the LGBTQ community? You, you have to book comments that fit your, your crowd because as well, 
you don't want to put a comedian in a position where they're going to fail. I won't do that's It defeats the purpose of my show. So if there's a comic that I love that I know that's not a right fit, I'd rather produce a show that will fit that comic and that demographic than push them into failure when they think they're going to have a great time and then they might not do so well. So these, I would say the top things to really look out for are your pre-show branding. So what colors, what vibe, what are the messages that you want to send? Once you have all of that down, then you can ask yourself, all right, now who are the people I want to reach out to? So do I want to attract couples? Do I want to target singles? Do I want to target university students? Or would I like to go corporate? And once you answer that question, you're like, okay, um, I want university students. Well, now you can go and you can look into the trends. So what do university students like right now? What things are funny on TikTok? What things are, you know, what, what kind of videos am I seeing? What kind of fonts are people using? And then you can take that extra step. So university students are looking for a party. Gen Zs, all of them, they're also looking for something in return. So if they're going to give us their money, they're going to come to our show and our experience. Why? They're, they're much more careful. They're like, why am I, why am I investing in you? What am I, what, what is your show? What do you guys stand for? And once they know that, so for us, one of the things we do is we do um, free shots, these frozen shots from the moment the doors open to showtime. And that's something that we offer. And then Mike and I buy everybody a shot before the show as a thank you. So a token of appreciation is another thing that's part of the experience is that they don't expect that. They don't expect to get free alcohol. They don't expect to get a shot. They don't expect the host to come to their tables and check up on them every couple minutes, but it makes them feel special, you know? And that's really, I think that's a big part of the client experience is that no one is expecting the host to go around the tables and be like, hi, I'm Eva. Like I'm the host and creator. I just want to let you know that we're buying you guys this shot. These girls are going to be coming over here. What's your name? Oh, like you're Jessica and Adam. So nice to meet you. Where did you come from? And just, it takes four seconds to, to talk to your audience. Then they're like, oh, I know the hosts. Like I know, mm-hmm. I know the producer. I know this person. And, and it just kind of creates this effect of, oh, I'm valued. So I didn't just spend my money on a show, but the person is now coming to me and making eye contact with me. And that is probably my biggest secret weapon to retaining audience members who want to come back every show. It's, it's really not about email blasts. It's really not about, you know, too much social media. It's about the moment that they come into your doors and what experience they're taking away from it. You know, it's, 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 yeah, it's, it's a lot of work, but it's worth it. That extra personal touch just to make people feel good goes so far. And then like, I can't wait for the next one. Like, thank you so much. And, and then once you remember their names too, it's no one expects the producer of a show to know their names. No one expects them to go around and just check up if they're okay. And if they need anything, but it does create a warmth that's missing in the world right now. Like everything is so digital. So any ounce of personability that you can give to your audience, like they're going to remember that, like people always remember how you make them feel. So it's important to, to just validate and let them know like you're special like thank you for coming here and supporting me actually not just buying tickets but you're helping me pay comics you're helping my dreams come true like you're a big deal you know and and make sure that they they know that so it's really easy to say like oh just you know invest 
in marketing and invest in, you know, SEOs and all of those. Yeah, we'll touch on that for sure. Do that. But sometimes, especially when you come from a small town or a small city, personability will go so far from you. You know, even after the show, I have the, I have names of everyone who's come to the show on Eventbrite and I send them all a personal email, just thanking them. And then I give them a discount code for the next show because now they're a part of our community. And that discount code is valid for any kickback in the future. And they're more than welcome to share it with their friends. Everybody is welcome, but it just, it's another perk that you give that makes them feel like, oh, I'm a part of something because we're all craving to be a part of something. So depending on the goal of your show, if you just want an open mic, that's cool too. That works. The scene needs open mics. But if your goal is to create an experience, so for example, Joel, if your goal is to kind of harness the hot breath and transfer comics that you've had on into like a special, for example, right? The first people you reach out to is that you go in your contacts and you say, okay, well, I'm doing something at Atlanta. I'm going to bring this comic that I had on this episode and that comic I had on that episode and invite them for a secret special. The next step you do is you go in your contacts and you see who's in your area. So what, who in your community is in your area, invite them, even if it's a free show, because you want to get your brand out guys, I'm doing the secret show, um, exclusive for hot brothers. Like you guys can come for free. You're part of the network. Um, give this discount code to friends. If they want to come, gives them five bucks off. It's not a big deal. It's just a little amount, but it's enough to make people be like, I get a deal. Like, cool. Like I, this is awesome. Like they clearly don't care that much about just taking my money. They, they want me to be a part of something. Mm. So it's, it's a really quick, easy way that saves you on hashtags, saves you on all that crap. Look into your network first, and then you expand from there. Because if you give a good experience, people are going to talk about it and it's free marketing completely. And, you know, most importantly, again, they're, they're going to feel special, but look within yourself and your network and just say, guys, 20 people and give yourself a limit of 20 people, because what happens is that it's always more than 20. And then you're like, holy shit, like I got something here. Okay. Like, all right, we'll open it a little bit more and we'll open it a little bit more, but kind of creating that community of, of harnessing what you already have and then expanding from there. If you treat people well, people will treat you well back. A lot of the people that have come out from our shows came to a show before, came to the next one. I was like, well, I had to bring my girlfriend or I brought 16 people. And it's like, why would you bring 16 people? Or they had to know about, you know, they needed to know about the experience. They needed to, they needed to see it for themselves. And that is the quickest form of, of marketing because you're actually just treating people kindly. And it's, it's a, it's surprisingly a very rare thing in the world right now, not just comedy communities, but if you think about the general experience of a walk-in comedy show at an open mic, you know, it's awkward. Sometimes the host is cool. Sometimes the host is bombing. Sometimes the host is great. And sometimes the host is taking 10 minutes between every joke, (laughs) you know? So Mm -hmm. there's not a lot of emotional intelligence there. (laughs) It's, you know, so people get confused and get lost and they're like, Oh, well that was a comedy show, but they don't remember the names of the comics, rarely, they don't remember the name of the show. They just Googled comedy show and then they went. So, you know, that's where you look at yourself in a, in a blank canvas and you're like, okay, so I have this show. What can, what can I add to this show to make it more of an experience? And that's where Club Med kind of came in. So when I'm on stage, I'm dancing, I'm screaming, I'm throwing candies at the audience. I'm talking to them. 
asking them what their name, making them stand up, introduce themselves to everybody else. And it kind of creates this, you know, this, oh, that's Sandra. Oh, that's Natalie. We met at the kickback. We've had couples meet at the kickback. Like it's, that's it's, awesome. it's, it's crazy. So I think, you know, with a, biggest thing is that you can market and all you want you can do the hashtags you can invest twenty dollars a day on ads but what will keep you growing and keep you surviving is making sure that the experience the customer has when they come into your show from before to after is exceptional so you do yours at a brewery Mm -hmm. you're sponsored here's a free beer on us or here's a here's a cup of beer on us for the first one you know or add in a raffle or when they come you know Thanks for coming. Um, by the way, here's a discount code for you. You can get $5 off the next show and every show that you come to. It's so nice to meet you, Marianne. You know, like you say their name and it's like, oh, that person was so nice. And, you know, they remember that and it sticks with them. And it's all it takes. It's all it. I used to say it at, at, uh, at Club Med a lot. And we used to have this program, you know, called the Smile Project. It was all about treating people. And I used to say a lot and I live by it today. It's not hard not to be a piece of shit. Hmm. <laughs> you know, it's not that difficult to not be a dick. It's very easy to just be like, I really appreciate you doing my show today. You know that, you know, because your comics make your show. Your show's not funny without your comics. So you better treat them like royalty. You better make them feel good. They're not your toys. There are people, they work hard, they stress. We all have like 18 anxiety attacks a day over comedy. Rest assured, if they're coming to my house, I'm going to feed them like a good Greek grandmother. Like, (laughs) (laughs) hell yeah. So how are you, uh, in terms of like the sponsor side of it, how, how do you get sponsors involved in something like this? So... Uh, we got really lucky with our first sponsor. They reached out to us. They were just looking for venues. So they're called Ufrost, and they do these really cool frozen shots. Oh. And it was a guy I knew from high school, and he showed up with this big tank that freezes things. I don't know. I don't want to do the science stuff of it because I'm stupid. So <laughs> You're not stupid. Um, and so, we, I, yeah, but I'm like hydrogen peroxide, like I, hydrogen <laughs> H2O, like math and biology science technology no like i yeah, you have emotional laugh. intelligence <laughs> all right you don't need uh, yeah emotionally <laughs> i'm all there four plus four is banana like i don't know <laughs> <anything> else. <laughs> no um oops i dropped you um sorry i just also forgot the question is adhd is one of my other great qualities oh well that's why we get along so well (laughs) yeah yeah. but you're actually keeping me uh attentive though because of all the like all the value you're like really sharing here i don't know why i said that like this is some value this is a good value exchange like you watch a youtube video of like an entrepreneur is talking it's all about the value whatever (laughs) But like what, no, I mean, what you're is. saying just seems so practical that a lot of people are like, yeah, like, well, how do you run social media ads and how do you target people? But word of mouth is still like your best marketing. And I think yeah. what, what, where I'm at with my show uh, and we'll 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 get into sponsors. But where I'm at with my show is pre pandemic. I did like a Valentine's Day show and it had like a, it had like 100 people there. And then. Post and then like immediately like March hit we're gonna do a St. Patty's Day show and then March the world ended you know so then now that we've been back we've done it I think we've done about four or five shows 
and um, we're averaging around 50 people. This last one had 30, but mm -hmm. basically everyone at this show had been to one before. So, so that was encouraging. We had lower numbers, but everyone there were like returning audience members. So for this upcoming show in November, I'm kind of like, well, of course I'd like to get back to a hundred, you know, that I was like, we kind of set the bar mm -hmm. there. So how can we get back there? But we kind of fell off this past time. So I'm trying to, I'm kind of scratching my brain about what, what to do here. So the, so the, so something that um, really works for us um, and I mentioned it before is the best thing to do or the best way to start is you go back to your email list. So pe do people buy tickets uh, on like Eventbrite? Eventbrite, sure yeah, yeah, yeah. So what I do is I go into my previous Eventbrite every show and I cross-reference, this is a lot of work. Well, it's not that much work, but you cross-reference like who has been to all of your shows or who was at the previous show and this show. And then you start creating like a mailing list. What I like to do is the first is I email everyone who was at the previous show or any other previous show and let them know that this show is happening. I give them a discount code of uh, something that they can use. Just be like, you know, we really appreciated you coming to the last show. If you weren't able to use the discount code or didn't know about the discount code, here's a discount code because like we really appreciate you and you personally invite them. That's a surefire way to get people to come because if you ask, like people are happy to support. I then go in my uh, in my contacts of people I've met in the past week and I personally invite them to the show. I'd love if you came out. Let me know if you want to bring some friends. Like here's another discount code for them too. And you start kind of building it that way. After that, you can go into... Um, after that, you can kind of go into doing the ads, you know? So I think I remember listening to the podcast with this other woman you did and she had like that seven day rule where seven days out, she does this and seven days out, she does that. Yeah. But totally just messaging them personally to start. Like if you have an email list of a hundred and you have all of those hundred people's emails, statistically, at least 15 are going to come. 15 people are going to see it. Mm -hmm. If you reach out and you remember the names of the people who came last time, because the thing is that even if you post it on Instagram and Facebook a million times, you know, it's going to get lost in the algorithm and there's no surefire way to know that you've reached the people that you've wanted to reach. Like I have, you know, a couple thousand followers who are also friends of mine. And I thought they would have seen my story, but until I personally messaged them, I mean like, Oh, like, what are you doing Saturday, by the way? I host this show and it's really fun and we're doing this, 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 and this. You should come. And that person brings six people like that. Mm -hmm. And that's six people you might have not reached if you were just doing straight social Facebook event promo stuff. Because if you actually interact and you put in the work to interact with people, they're going to feel loyal towards you. They're going to feel that sense of like, wow, that person took the time to talk to me. You know, and if you know, like your, your show is like a month in advance, you got time to talk to a hundred people in a month. You got time. And then, you know, the other thing you can do is you look up relevant hashtags and you start, like, if you have a comedy page for your show, that always really helps to start like building your brand. Mm. Um, that's what, you know, we have the, we have the kickback.mtl on Instagram and it's, it's the best way to just drive people. And then we have highlights of all of our past shows in videos in our highlight bar. So you can go back and you can see what show one was like all the way up to the, we're at the seventh show at this point now. Yes, yeah, so all the videos, yeah. are those made on TikTok? 
those are made on a mix of, of uh, Mojo and TikTok. So I went on Mojo. I made, I made my graphics on Mojo. Definitely upgrade to Pro. Totally worth it if you're a producer. And then I went on TikTok and I made a TikTok for the Kickback account. And then I put all of those videos together. You do, you press on sync sound and then you choose like a song that you like and it automatically cuts it. After that, you can go in and then you can kind of move it around and tweak it how you please. But it saves you hours, hours on video promotion. It saves you tons of money. Mm-hmm. It, it saves you a headache and a half, a headache and a half. And it just, it really boosts the quality of your show. So if your branding looks good and your quality looks good, people will already have a perception that your show will be good. And then if you make sure the experience they have once they get to the show is there, then you're golden. Post-show is also important because if you have an idea of the date that you have coming up, so for example, our next kickback is November 27th. Two days later, while the experience is still fresh, so you want to make sure the experience is still fresh, Hey, it's me, Joel. Um, I just wanted to thank you again for coming to the show. If you enjoyed it, I'd love to invite you to our next one. We're having, um, before the link goes up, we're sending it to our community so they get first dips. So that's something we do. You know, we send them the link, guys. We're, we're launching it in a week. But you guys are kickback, like alumni. There's keywords like that. Here's the link if you guys want to get a pre-sale ticket. It's going to be 10 bucks instead of 20 bucks. You know, it, and yeah. it's small, but it, it goes a long way. They're like, oh, sick. Like, you're, like this is like a, sh- this is a secret. Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. like, this is, this is cool, you know, and, and they enjoy it. And then after that, once you've realized what your brand actually is, then you'll know who to reach out to for sponsorships because you'll know that your brand aligns. So um, the Shots is a startup company. I like working with startup companies because that's my way of supporting local business. And I am also a local business. So if there's like a brewery that you identify with, message them, especially if they're new or they're starting out and they want to get the word out to your demographic. So if you have this, like, for example, if you're doing a show for couples and uh, a ring store wants to sponsor your event with like champagne and roses. So you, you, you do that. And I'm sure like where you are, there's tons of local, you know, spritzers, seltzers. So if you're having more of like a, a femme night, you can go to the spritzer side. So you look for companies, for example, not, not White Claw, like you might want to do White Claw, but you might want to look at companies just like White Claw, but in your area Mm -hmm. that are locally based and you reach out to them. Hey, I'm doing a comedy show. We usually reach out around this many people. Um, this is our demographic. We think that your product would kill it with our scene. I would love to talk about how we can work together. And it's a simple, most of the time they're super receptive because they're trying to get the word out as well. They're trying to expand their brand and there is no better way of expanding your brand than just looking someone in the eyes and being like, this is my drink. Like, <laughs> yeah, this is my product. This is who I am. Um, Cause it's just like, it's the missing link for me right now in life is people where we've all been connected by screens for so long. So we haven't been able to see each other. So any opportunity you have to make a personal connection, do it. You know, even if it's through a DM, call them by name, tell them something you, you love about their page. Like, don't just be like, hi, I want this from you. It's like, Hey, I looked up your story and I think it's cool. Like, I, well, I'd love to hear more from you. And then, you know, people have a chance to listen and explain themselves and, 
just, I don't know, just create something nice. <laughs> is there uh, is there like a flat rate with sponsors? Can you share any tidbits on that? Um, I, I think that sponsors, you know, sponsors kind of vary from, from deal to deal, from like venue to venue. Mm-hmm. Um, with us, I think with you, Frost, it's like this exchange that we do. Like they give us a certain amount to spend and then we spend it and then they take a receipt or something. M- Micah does most of the number stuff. <laughs> I'm just like, thanks for the slushy. Right. Um, but in another case, there's another brand that we're working with um, because our, you know, our next venue is going to be in a hall. So we're working with them. They want to get exposure. So what we're doing with them is that they're going to be just selling buckets of that said alcohol for you know, for a bucket of six for 15 bucks. And that's another thing, actually a quick tip for your show. If anyone's producing a show and you experience noisiness because the bar is still servicing, come up with a signature cocktail or you can come up with pitchers or buckets of something to sell before the show. You can have a quick five minute intermission to give people a chance to go smoke, or have alcohol, depending on how many comics you have on the show. And that way they can kind of restock on their buckets and, uh, and their drinks. They have that, that opportunity because even with us, with the kickback, like people get so wasted that they need to have their cigarette and they want more drinks, but it kind of creates chattiness without realizing it. And it does, you know, it it defers the experience a little bit for other people. Mm -hmm. So we had that issue, I think like once or twice. And then I spoke to her name is Isabel and she runs Zoo Fest out here in Montreal and she noticed it as well. And she was like, oh, like you should try doing buckets or you should try doing like a drink special or a signature cocktail of like a limited menu that people can buy from because it kind of cuts down on the amount of service that's happening during the actual show and helps people not get so distracted. You know, but always add, you know, a little something to the experience. So it's not just I'm coming to a comedy show. Because if I'm coming to a comedy show, if I'm spending 20 bucks, I want to laugh. I want to know I'm getting quality. And if I'm not getting quality, I, I want something other than the quality. So I want to perk. Everyone now, especially the younger generations, they just, everybody wants a perk or a deal or to feel like, <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> just, uh, I'm like, I have a $5 coupon. Like, yes, you do, honey. Go use it. <laughs> So your your cover is okay, twenty dollars. Uh, so our our show is is thirty dollars. Oh, flexible. It's once a month. <laughs> our show's thirty dollars. Uh, it includes like the after party, so with the DJ. It includes the free shots from eight to nine. It includes great comics, and it includes a free shot on Micah and myself. So we actually don't make much money off the kickback but it's not about that right now it's about an experience so we don't really care so it sounds like you're going to multiple venues right is that what you just said you're going to another Um, venue like you're jumping around only well we were at the same venue um but now we kind of have to we got to get a bigger venue that's great yeah and that's what sandy (laughs) was asking what your venue is but it's it was in the basement of a bar right and then now, so that no, that was the first one. Uh-huh. So the first one was at this little basement of a bar where we could only hold thirty people. And then we were at um, the Diving Bell Social Club here in Montreal, which we absolutely adore. It's a great place, and it's like a con- tiny little concert venue. So there's a bar in the back. Um, there's nice seating everywhere, and there's a stage with with lights. 
um, with lights and there's a tech guy and everything. So especially if you want to show a production, look for a venue that has the tools available to make your life a little bit easier. Yes. You know, cause that, that will help. Lighting is really important in shows. You want to kind of go away from harsh lighting. You want to go with warmer tones, purples, pinks, reds, really create a nice psychological effect for your audience. It's very romantic. It's very moody. Um, and it really, really contributes to the overall experience. If you have harsh lighting, it's a lot for the audience to look at. And it's a lot for the comics to concentrate because they have like this too much light in their face. Mm -hmm. Making your room a little bit more moody will actually make your comics feel more comfortable. And the audience too. And the audience, because there's, there's this sense of, there's already so much vulnerability going on that a little bit of darkness creates this almost cloak of protection that we don't realize is happening, but it allows us, you know, the, allows the comics to feel more free, vulnerable, can be themselves. And it creates a nice environment, a lot more, you know, seductive, even like it's a weird word to use, but you know, it, it's necessary. I'm, I'm very careful with lighting. I don't like using um, bright oranges. I don't like using whites. I really go for like the purple, the oranges, the reds. You want to go deeper into those tones and it creates a really nice, really nice experience. And candles, candles are wonderful. Ooh. Candles make everything better. This those little dollar store candles. You light them around because most people are going on a date. Think about that. It's tiny, but it's effective. We put, uh, we actually also put candies on the tables. I go to the, I go to the dollar store Aww. and I buy, I buy these little candies and I put them on the table for everybody. And it, again, it's, it's like, no one's asking for it, but everyone's happy with Smarties and Kit Kats. And, and there's like a variety. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, well, why not? Um, another thing you can do, I, if you have access to a projector, make a slideshow for the pre-show as people are trickling in. That also really elevates the experience. So we have like when people walk in, I have a slideshow going on. So one of the things I have is called kickback hangovers. So the next day post kickback, I reach out to some of the people that like followed us on Instagram or met out to us. And I demand a hangover photo because I know they got pretty messed up. And then they send me their hangover photos and I post it on our stories called kickback hangovers or kickback champions. And I put these little like quotes of what they say. And then I put them, (laughs) it's kind of embarrassing, but I mean, they're cool with it. Uh, I put this slideshow on the projector of everyone's hangovers from the previous kickback. So people know what they're getting themselves into. Mm -hmm. And then I also have the lineup on loop. So you'll see the lineup of who's on in their faces. This helps the audience know who they're going to see. It helps them be familiarized before they come on. And that also creates a really cool psychological effect where it's like, oh, like if they repeatedly see someone's name, they're going to remember that person's name. And it's on a loop for an hour. So you're, you, without even realizing it, you're like, oh, that is, you know, Norm Alcano. That is Joel Breyers. That's that person. And it also creates a nice distraction. So when people are waiting for the show to start, because I don't know any comedy show that's not a festival that starts on time, it's impossible. I don't know if anyone else manages it. I can't start my show on time to save my life because these idiots, these dum-dums come in like 10 minutes before showtime. I'm like, well, it's 8.50 and the show is supposed to start at nine, but this is my fault. So <laughs> come here, my drunk babies. Let's start at 9.30. Who cares? <laughs> you know, be, be easy, be easy with them and, and, and you know, be careful. 
Um, yeah, that's the best advice I could give is just make sure that everything is like sensory. Like imagine just all of us needing to hear, touch and smell everything at the same time. If you're waiting around for a comedy show to start, you, and it hasn't started and it's been 30, 40 minutes, you're anticipating and you have nothing to distract you from waiting for a show to start. So it's actually in the producer's best interest to have something on the screens happening if they can, if they have access to it. You can promote other shows that are happening throughout the week in their areas. Now you're also providing value to your community. So it's like, oh, this show happens once a month, but here's six other shows you could check out in the meantime. And here's everyone else you could support. So you're also making your show invaluable to your community because you're showing that it's not just about you. It's not about you taking, you know, um, all of the audiences and trying to grab everyone. It's, I want to be a pillar if that's your goal is I want to be a pillar for my community. So for example, my show is once a month, but until after that show, I'm promoting other shows happening in my community to my followers so that now my followers also know that the kickback page is a point of reference. So if they are looking for a show throughout the, you know, throughout the month that they could go check out, they can head to the kickback page and see all the shows that are happening in Montreal. Oh, so if you provide oh. information and you provide value, now you're giving people another reason to follow your page because it's not going to make them not come to your show. They had a great experience at your show. They're still going to come to your show, but they also know that whatever is aligned with your show means quality. So if you come to my page and I say, oh, I really like this show this week and that show this week. Well, now I'm also helping my peers and I'm helping my friends grow their networks because that's the whole point is, you know, to, to grow the scene entirely. and making sure you always have added value is extremely important in, um, in producing a show. Yeah. Cause definitely my goal for, for the one I'm, I do locally and like I live in Tucker and uh, this is like a local brewery in Tucker. It, it's a newer one. So a lot of people don't even know it's there, but my goal is to like connect the community. You know, I want to bring the community and make it like a community event. So for this next one, I've um, I'm calling it like a friends giving show and um, I'm looking for ways to like collaborate with other people in the community to really make this like a, a community event. I think maybe I've gotten a little away from that intent. So I'm trying to work back into like the community aspect of it is really at the core. So, so the concept is Friendsgiving? Yeah. Okay. So just off the top of my head, um, an example you could do to promote that on the page there is a friends episode about friendsgiving with the turkey on top of monica's head and there's all these callbacks and these cold culture jokes to it right so a lot of your advertisements with the right font on instagram or facebook could be a gif of monica with the turkey on her head and you're like friendsgiving comedy show brought to you by this brewery like you hosted at the brewery mm -hmm. and then you work with the brewery to be like okay so you want to get the word out you want to host the show, but what is the brewery going to add to the experience of Friendsgiving? So what is, what is the connection? Is it a, a Friendsgiving game in between sets instead of you telling a joke? So you bring two up two audience members and maybe they have to do like that. For example, that Jimmy Kimmel game where they like, they blindfold someone and try to check what's in the box and it could be mashed potatoes, which is part of, you know, Friendsgiving and different elements that have to do with Thanksgiving. And, you know, it's a weird thing. It's a taboo thing. People are going to remember that. 
Mm-hmm. And now you're doing audience interaction as well. So they're part, they're part of the event. They're participating in the event. Um, so that's one aspect of your show that you can include of just being like, well, what if I did games? Like, what if I just did something silly? Like, why not? You know, um, if you have two younger audiences, get them to do a chug contest of this new beer. Wow. You know, yeah. the winner gets a free ticket to the next show or, you know, the winner has to do this. So the winner has to do that. So make sure that the theme is in line with the experience and there's certain aspects to the show that, you know, make it that experience. When they walk into the brewery, what do most people have on their dinner tables for, um, for Thanksgiving? Or you can, you know, you could play on having the wacky family at Thanksgiving and you can make people like put these post-its on their head that says like, you're the drunk aunt or, or the loud uncle, or you're like this person, you know, everyone has that persona at a Friendsgiving or family Thanksgiving that you can really integrate them into that experience and make them feel like they're actually at Thanksgiving, just a really fucked up one. <laughs> so, you know, if it's, if, if it's like the first beer is free when you walk in that every time people have free shit, period. I'm the free shot for us is a huge thing. A huge, 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 huge thing. Yeah. The ticket um, includes a beer. Ticket and just saying ticket includes a beer. Say first beers on us. Mm-hmm. you know it, it's a gesture so it shows us more of a gesture so even if it's kind of like included in the price or wording when you're advertising it is is super important so like and by the way like we buy you the first beer the first beer is on us there's this um new line that they're trying there's this new brand that's out there so they're giving everyone like the first beer on them and then we're gonna do this after and i invite you to hang out after the show and get to know everybody and it really will just kind of bring everything together but i think a friend's giving thing is great. I mean, and if you need help, like after the call, like it's literally my day job. I have a marketing agency with, with my partner, Micah. It's what we do. So what? that makes so much sense. You're like yeah, well, melting that, my that was... brain right now. Like <laughs> there's so much good information coming out of you right now. It's I hope so. I hope so. I hope in I'm a very non-cancelable way. I don't know why I said it like that, but um, <laughs> no sorry. I was only comfortable with that <laughs> joke because of us talking about your joke about you're totally over- said, don't uh, you're, you're safe you're safe you're safe joel it's okay <laughs> you're safe here don't i worry. knew her sense of humor going into this i wouldn't do <laughs> yeah. that to just anyone everyone i just want i feel like i have to add context now if i ever say anything i look like a youth I pastor know. so anytime i go anywhere blue they're like oh he's oh. sinning <laughs> Oh, our baby brother just said. My, I, I grew up, I grew up very Christian and my, my boyfriend, Micah's parents are actually from, uh, from Georgia. They were a traveling Christian band. What? So the hosting and the music and making people feel good has all tied together in, into this, you know, and I'm Greek. So you know, hosting, feeding, guilting, it's all part of it. <laughs> I mean, you're, yeah, I'll definitely, um, cause I have a few ideas swirling around to like, really, I really want to like this show to kind of be like the, the, like the show we like bounce back on. It's kind of like we had a hundred and then we're like at 50 and then this last one was mm-hmm. like 30 and everyone that comes has fun, but it's like, how, how can we spark it again? Because people honestly, come the best it. thing to do, sorry, no, sorry that, no please. You. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Um, 
honestly, you just, the first thing you do is you reach out to your network and you, you personally explain to them, we're doing this crazy new concept for this one. I really hope you can make it. Um, it's a friends giving style. So another thing you can do, um, and it's kind of benchmarked off this show, uh, here called Voix de Ville. And the guy who hosted his name is Dr. Love. And he makes the entire audience write questions to Dr. Love. Mm. And he reads them out on stage before bringing out every act. And it's some of the funniest stuff you'll hear. It's this genuine reaction. So if you, for example, go around your Thanksgiving show and you hand out these papers saying like, tell us the most embarrassing thing in three sentences that has happened to you on Thanksgiving. And like you read it out, people will remember that. Mm -hmm. Like people and music, music is essential to a show. Oh my goodness. I cannot stress having either a DJ on stage with you or a sound guy for like transitions between comics and just having music playing before the show and after the show. And and as you're bringing people on really, really just tops everything off. It makes a huge difference. Sensory is so important to a show's experience. So, you know, if, if you know your demographic and you know the type of music they like, play that old school hip hop at a brewery. If they're more of like a country gang, play that upbeat current country before people come on. But everyone loves walking onto music. Nothing makes them feel better. Um, and, and it just, it gets people going, gets people excited. It's naturally what music does. So all of those tiny elements really will tie your show together. Music, branding, colors, additional perks and experiences so you know when they walk in and you're there greeting them personally like i'm joel i created this show and i'm hosting it tonight what's your name oh and this this is oh nice where you're from oh that's so cool let me bring you to your table do you guys need anything this is what's happening oh no thank you so much joel and it's as if you would host someone at your actual house yeah you know and no marketing no marketing can beat that you know, no one can take away a, a human connection, no matter how hard you try, because that that is what people will walk away with. They might not remember all the comics name. But they're going to remember the fact that you made the effort to go bring them to their table and ask them if they needed anything at all. You know, and it, it's it, I don't know, for me, it's part of like my morals growing up and just who who I am and how I like to make people feel and how I like to feel when people make me feel special. Like whenever I go somewhere and they're like, hi, I'm the owner. You're some free bread. I'm like, for me, like <laughs> the hair flip. for moi, like, <laughs> cool. Awesome. Wow. Yeah. yeah. This, I think we're going to have to do more of these. I think. Yeah, uh, no, I, I'm happy to. We can do like a step two. Um, but again, just follow up with your audience as well. Yeah. Like after the show is done, sending just a quick thank you email with a promo code source. And then you give them like a reservation link to save the date. And if you give them like a save the date, then they save the date and then closer you can contact them again. So I think as like you're starting off and as you're growing for sure, like do more digital, um, make advertisements as well that comics want to share. You know, if you make posters that make comedians want to share it to their networks, you'll attract better comedians. Um, comedians will want to share the experience because they are, they'll show that they're proud to be a part of the show and you're giving them value as well. So don't, you know, I think it's important to focus on the experience of your comics and the experience of your audience because both will transcend to each other. Like there's some shows I won't do. There are. Because my values just don't align with the producers, and that's totally fine. And 
or like, I know that I might not do so well in that crowd. And there's an open space for someone who will soar in that crowd. So I think that making sure that you provide as much value to your comics as if they're also paying, like paying you Mm -hmm. to your audience is important. Like we also film all of our sets of our comics and we send it to our comics so that they can then send it into festivals or bookers and use us as a credit. So we have it, you know, branded on the side when we film their sets, cost you like a hundred bucks station, a camera, press send, you add your watermark of your, of your show on it. Well, they're now going to pass it around because it's good quality. They're going to send it to festivals. They're going to send it to bookers. And now these festivals and these bookers have seen your name and have seen your show and Mm -hmm. and that might probe them to look into it. So it's creating kind of this, what we call marketing, a customer path. So leading them into it. So post kickback, we send all of our comics, photos of themselves with our, with our logo. And then we send them a copy of their sets with our logo. And it just, it goes really, really far and it's free marketing. So you, do you, do you hire a videographer or photographer? Yeah, totally invest in it. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I usually do. Um, yeah, I, I've been doing it all myself. I'll do like photography for the show, but, um, I guess video with the watermarks, interesting one. And the videographer takes care of like cutting it up and sending it to people, I guess, or. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And it's completely worth the investment, especially, you know, if you're doing like a special, if you want it to be filmed a certain way, or even if you just get yourself a tripod and you can't afford it and you set it up properly with like, so if, if you don't have access to a videographer or you don't have access or the funds for a photographer take $20 go on Amazon invest in one of those like phone tripods that most of us use to film our sets anyways um, put it at one of the lower mounts point it up and then you can still record a quality set of a comic because it's filmed in a certain way so it doesn't have to be the the highest quality if you're just looking for you know if you're just looking for um, like capsule content you can do it face on, but you'll see like a lot of comics, for example, will do do stuff from this way while they're talking or that way from the side. Mm-hmm. You can set up another phone where you're getting like an audience reaction and then cut that up yourself. But there's so many avenues. Just make sure that it's quality that you're happy with and that you want to expose people with because you do get what you pay for. So I'm totally pro investing in a photographer or videographer even if they're amateur and they're a hundred bucks, there's always room to teach people and help them grow and help them use your platform as a place to grow. Um, and what's and capsule was, content? Capsule content. Well, you actually already do capsule content. Capsule content is when you post a clip of your show um, on a reel or a TikTok. It's called capsule content. So it's not really posting your whole set, but like merely a clip uh, and a highlight. So you open. So for example... Well, the best way to do it is you open with the logo or the name of your show and then you go into your set and you end with the last frame being the info for your next show and then people can screenshot it so it's super super easy um, another thing is that if you ask your photographer to take photos of the crowd that way when you post on your page people can actually go look for themselves and have those photos as well and now your audience is sharing photos of your brand with mm. your watermark with your logo and it's it's called imprints so the imprintation of, of what people see, they'll keep seeing your name, keep seeing your brand and just psychologically you'll start growing. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, this is amazing. <laughs> oh my gosh. 
Oh my gosh. My head is about to explode. This is so amazing. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I'm ha I'm happy. Wow. I, I hope everyone's getting like valued information or <laughs> I hope this helps. This is incredible. Yeah, I'm so excited. It's such good timing. And um wow. <sighs> that was amazing. Yeah, that was yeah, oh. people people are like we have to get her contact info. Oh, Bob said we have to get her contact info. Oz said she needs to put together a master class. Joan, she's an unbelievable oh. wealth of information. Um, Mike said, did you say her TikTok handle? Oh, my Sasha, my so much great information. Yeah. Oh, guys, thank you. And and for everyone who's like on the live right now, my handle is Eva Alexo Comedy. I sent Joel a kind of a template for critical thinking questions. You can ask yourselves if you're trying to come up with a new concept of a show or you're coming up with a concept for the show for the first time, but please reach out to me and message me. Like marketing is literally my day job and my goal in life is to just help the global comedy community at this point. So any like marketing tips or ideas that you have that you want to pick your brain, like I am totally here for you and, and happy to help because I think that if we help each other, we can all just keep comedy alive and, <laughs> and grow. So I, I need to hire you is what I need to do. Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> oh, mate. <laughs> I don't, I don't know what this was supposed to be something, you but yeah. You if you guys, yeah, oh, maybe yes. I don't know. I'm like, Oh, I'm like, I'm not 12 anymore. <laughs> yeah. That was the worst. But, um, but yeah. And it's a uh, kickback.mtl on Instagram for the show. So if you guys even want to benchmark our show and see some of the stuff that we're doing, you'll see all of my techniques on our branding. So I even have like the shows that I promote during the week um, to refrain the apps that you should download are Mojo, Canva, and TikTok. Cheat, cheat, cheat way to, to help you make very quick advertisements and just up the quality of your show. Does anyone have questions? Does anyone else have questions that I can help answer? Yeah. Does anyone have questions? Uh, while you're watching here, um, yeah, because we go. I'm actually about. I'm gonna go to a show here in a few minutes, but I'd love to answer. If anyone did have questions, oh my gosh, this was incredible. Oh my <laughs> I gosh. can make like a post document for you too, like kind of going into more detail rounding it up and that way everyone on the hot breath of earth can have access to it and kind of use it as like a worksheet because it does help organize your thoughts you know when you just ask your how why what where like it, it just i don't know for for people like us i'm pretty sure any comic has adhd it just <laughs> helps like map everything out and be like why do i want to create a show how do i want people to feel at my show what kind mm -hmm. of environment environment is so important so I like going for kind of cozy environments because if you have a place that like, don't do a basketball gym. I did a show at a basketball gym once and the echo and the feedback yeah. was a lot. So you want to make sure that wherever you are has good soundproof, has good lighting. Um, if you're just starting out, try to go for like a cool cafe that you can work with, with cool decorations and a cool vibe because setting also sets the tone. Remember that. Sensory. And uh, Oz said, how do we reach her? Is it Instagram or Facebook? Is there one better? Uh, Instagram. So Eva Alexo Comedy. So that's E V A A L E X O Comedy on Instagram. I don't know why it's so hard to spell my own freaking name. I don't know why Greek people have to have so many vowels in their name. This is a lot. 
I'm like, I'm like, A L E X Y P O. Oh, you nailed Coconut. it. Like, I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, any, any questions anyone has, like I, I'm, I'm on Instagram addictively most of the time for work anyway. So I'm, I'm here to, here to help and here to answer. Uh, Sandy said, what kind of deal do you cut with the venues? Um, that, that always varies. So sometimes what we do is like, like the venue will take all the bar sales and then we'll do ticket sales. Um, sometimes if there is no bar and it's just a venue, they'll charge like a flat fee of 200 bucks. So I'll kind of work that into my ticket pricing and budget it so I could afford that. Um, but it goes either way. Sometimes you'll get, you know, if you're just working with a bar and there are no tickets, then you can get like 5% of the bar sales that night. Um, and you can kind of cut a deal that way where like you get kind of like $2 off every drink that they, that they, people buy at your show. And like, there's always ways to work around it. You just want to make sure that whoever you're working with is really collaborative mm. and also believes in your show. Yes. You know, you don't want to like work with a bar that's just like, no, like, excuse my language, but like, fuck you, you're in my bar, like, suck it. It's like, nah, like I'm bringing bodies to your bar. Mm -hmm. You know, you also want to feel like the work you're putting into it is worth it. So if this wants to be like your streamline of income, it's like, what will make you get out of bed in the morning? What will make you want to like go to that show? What will make you want to invest more in your show? So you want to make sure that everyone you're collaborating with is really like on, on board with that. Yeah. And the venue is a big part of that. Yeah. It's mm -hmm. definitely a, a collaborative working relationship. So yeah, yeah want to make sure the, the venue is meeting you halfway for sure. Cause uh, yeah, that was even the second venue I work with the last the last show was a little bit lighter as well. The first one we had like 50 and this one we had like 30 and we were, he like felt bad. I thought he was upset about the show turnout, but he felt bad for the comics. He's like, I'm so sorry. He's like, what can we do differently? Like, and I was like, that's exactly what you want in a venue. Someone who's like believes in the show and wants to see it succeed and wants to help with that success and not just be like, well, why was there only 30 people? What did you do type deal? Mm -hmm. And yeah. not, not only that, but like, you're still, you know, you're still supporting that local business with 30 bodies. Of course. So at least, at least a thousand dollars. Yeah. You know, there, there's still things going in. Um, sometimes you can approach, I've heard of people who like approach bars, for example, and they're like, I'll host the show. I'll bring the comics. But if you guys want to host tonight, like you guys need to create a budget to pay people. You know, and sometimes bars will do that. They're like, all right, you guys have like 300 bucks to to pay comics with. Mm -hmm. All right. All right. Let, let's land this plane because uh, <laughs> yeah. I'm, about, I'm about to uh, go to a show. Um or I'm, I'm just, uh, there's, yeah, the, the brain is spinning right now. The ADD is definitely on tilt right now. I'm sorry. I like emotionally drained you right before you head out. <laughs> it was so good. No, it's so good. It just has so many ideas going now. Um, so thank you. This is what, I mean, this is what Hot Breath is all about. Like what the information you're sharing that you had to learn the hard way and that you're just so willingly to share, you know, that that's what Hot Breath is all about. So, um, oh yeah, I love I'm glad you reached community. out. No, I'm, I'm so happy I did though. And I'm so happy that I can help. I, I hope I helped anyone. Um, but it's just, again, it's just so cool in a, in an industry that could be so singular because you know, you're a comedian, not like comedians. Sometimes yeah. people coming together and not gatekeeping and for, there's no need. We all, there's room to, there's room at the table for everybody. To Absolutely. 
And uh, mm-hmm. Oz asked, how does her open mic look like? So I, I'm actually working on an open mic right now, but our show is like a monthly pro-am show, so I don't have an open mic right now. Though if you do want to know what open mics are happening in Montreal, definitely message me and I will hook you up with a list of that. But to answer, I think that when I have my open mic, um, I will still keep it pretty short. Uh, I think that's important. So another thing that, you know, just to kind of end off, people get tired. Do not put comics on your show for the sake of guilt, for the sake of having more numbers. More does not mean better. I would say if you're having an open mic or you actually want to create an open mic where comics can work on material, six comics, seven to 10 minutes. That gives people an avenue to actually work on stuff and not rush through five-minute sets. Um, If you're the host, don't do five-minute sets between every set. The audience gets restless. We all know comedians get restless when, you know, the host is just going off for 10, 15 minutes. Keep it fresh. We all have ADD. That was a great show. My favorite part of that guy's set was this point and this point. But you know what? Your next act is blah, 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 blah. Keep the show rolling keep a momentum keep it moving i mean i've i've gone lost in it um like doing a joke here or there we all have Mm -hmm. but i think that especially if it's an open mic more than ever it's not about us the hosts it's about you know an open mic is to allow new comics or veteran comics to like work on things so if you know that one of the comics that you have on is going to be super amateur and has five minutes put them at the beginning of the show because if they do horribly no one's going to remember that shit anyway. So it's going to save everyone embarrassment. That's why I was like, if I do bad, no one's going to remember that I did bad. They just remember that one bitch that did bad once. Like, <laughs> like that's it. And that's but, actually, like, your... no, go ahead. Sorry, I cut you off there. No, no, no. That, that's, that, that's it really. Like just, if just be intentional with your shows, don't throw, you know, an open mic just so that you can get spots in other people's show, be intentional with your actions. Make sure that if you're producing an open mic, it really is a place where people can come and work things out. And at least you know that the audience that's coming out to that show is aware of that experience. So it might not be like the high energy that they'll get at the kickback, but they'll know that this is what they're walking into. So I might get a bomb. I might get a good comic. I might mm-hmm. not. But there's nothing wrong with a five comic open mic or a six comic open mic. As long as you keep it below 90 minutes and it goes fast, it's still a great experience and your audience doesn't get tired. Because that's the last thing you want. You know, sometimes you'll see like 20 comic shows and it's like no one has the attention span. Like, it's not show and tell. Because retention, too. Mm -hmm. You want people to come back. And that's something I actually started at my uh, my local uh, venue here in Tucker is on Wednesdays. I actually started an open mic, but I called it Tucker's Got Talent because I was hoping that Mm -hmm. local Tucker people would come in. And maybe want to perform or see other people perform. So right now it's basically just been an open mic and no one's really, I think we had, we had maybe eight people at the last one and they may have just been regulars anyway. So the premise Mm -hmm. was to do like a free weekly show to help build awareness for the monthly showcase. But so far it's kind of hasn't really panned out that way. Well, that's okay. If you, if you just brand it a little bit differently, like it's a free show and you put it on that it's a free show and people can make like a reservation and at least that's still a way to like lock them in. That could be another, you know, avenue that you can use where it's free, but you still have to like reserve your ticket. So at least you have an idea 
to track how many people are coming um, to the free show. And then if you, you know, if you, depending on how many comics you have on, if you kind of just cut that down just by a little bit, it'll crave one, it'll benefit you because, you know, if you put too many comics on at the same time, then you run out of comics to put on your next show. So you also want to make sure that there is um, a psychological balance between the energy levels of the comedians that you put on. So you don't want to put on, a, you know, a certain genre of comics that are very monotone and dry because then there's no balance of your energy. Just like you don't want to put too much of one or the other, you want a nice balance. So if you want to make sure that, you know, I'd like to put an amateur on. Amateurs, you know what? I'll let them warm up. I'll put them second. I'll put one of the, the pro-am middlers first. I'll do my amateur second, another middler third, and then my pros I'll put last. Mm-hmm. And then there's there's more. It's almost like matchmaking, but with comedians. So you know who's compatible with each other. You know who's going to work well with each other and keep that kind of same experience going. And then there's not such a drastic dip in emotions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a good. Yeah, the so, lineup matters. Yeah, like your set list. lineup matters. lineup matters and being really strategic about that matters because like i've had comics who are not as high energy but hilarious on the show but i'll put them probably second so i'll get the crowd going with a banger level them out a little bit get them quiet down with someone who's a little bit more monotone and then i'm back up with the bangs because you gotta like they're like children you literally have to manage their emotional energy levels so like bring them down bring in a comic that's a little more chill you want to bring them back up, bring someone who's a little bit more hype. And then like, it's great. You can just manipulate them. It's nuts <laughs> in a good way, in a good way. Yeah. How I like to keep my shows like 75 minutes. How long do you keep yours? Oh, I'm a bad example. Cause it's like an entire night. We, we desperately try to aim our show because it, it really is this kind of huge experience. It averages out around 90 minutes and then it kind of like goes, goes in into the dance. Party. It used to be, into the dance party uh-huh. at one point the show when we were like I'm not proud of it we got lucky because the the biggest compliment was that people didn't notice so like we didn't know we didn't know our last show before that ended up being like two hours long which is usually for me like a no-no wow but luckily people came up to me after they're like we had no idea it was two hours wow which i won't use as a benchmark because i still find it too long but mm-hmm. as well now I'm learning. You could have a two hour show if it, it, but it better be an experience. Like it better be an evening that they're planning, you know, that has so many elements into it that it'll only be two hours. But for us, what we're realizing is that when we have smokers, people like to smoke, say our people like to smoke cigarettes. We're in a French province. We're all like, boo, 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 croissant, croissant. Like, that's just what we do. <laughs> and, and they like to drink. So I know whether I like it or not, guess what? I got to have an intermission of 15 minutes for my crowd because whether I want them to or not, if a girl wants to smoke a cigarette, honey, she's getting her cigarette. Like she doesn't care if God is on stage. Like she needs her, right. she needs her ciggy. <laughs> it's got to happen. So, you know, again, listen and adapt to your audience, you know, and that's, that's also another way that you'll be able to know who to book on your show as well. Listen to your audience. Listen to the type of humor they're laughing at. Take account into it because that'll help you know who to book. Oh, they're really reacting to this humor well. Yeah, and it's hard to tell after one show, obviously, but after a couple of shows, you really do start to get it. You know what? My crowd likes dirty humor. My crowd likes clean humor. My crowd really identifies with cultural humor. 
And that way you'll know how to book for your audience. And that's how you're really going to grow your show. You know, it sucks sometimes because you have people you want to put on, but you have to put your show first. You have to put your brand first because, oops, sorry guys. You're good. You know, you have to put, you have to put your brand first. I know I like in the videos, it's going to be like, boop, um, <laughs> because that's how you're going to grow your brand. And that's how you're going to grow your show. And it's, you know, not to sound like the tough love, but it's not your job to, to provide absolutely everyone with a spot at your own expense because they want a piece of what you worked hard for. Mm-hmm. So I, I, that's like, and it, it was a hard thing that I struggled with for a really long time too. I would have like panic attacks. I was like, Oh, I want to put this person on, but I just, I know they might not do well, but you know, then they're going to get mad at me. And I'd have friends be like, who gives a shit? What are they doing to, to fight for their community? What are they doing to contribute? Asking for spots? Like who gives a fuck? Like, <laughs> like <laughs> no, your show and your audience is your baby and whoever you bring on your show you have carefully chosen because you believe in what they can contribute to their show and you're trusting your comics with your baby you put people on who you trust with your child because you're the only one having anxiety attacks over the show Mm -hmm. everyone else is just excited you know you're the one that's just like i have 20 tickets today and i don't know how much i'm gonna have tomorrow but the reason your show will get traction is because you put on good quality and then your audience associates good quality comics with that show, you know? So just be, always be intentional when you're producing. And if you really want to, like I'm trying, like build an open mic for the community that you're not hitting right now. You know, that's what I'm trying to figure out. You know, I have a whole community I haven't been able to touch yet because I want to set them up with the right people. And that'll be a whole new challenge. But, you know, it's, it's necessary, but don't, you know, I, I, that was one thing I had to learn the hard way is like, you know, don't suffer at your own expense because you care what people think, or you're afraid of what people are going to say about you because you didn't put them on their show. Especially if you know that like, you don't treat people that way. If they don't put you on their show, like you're not huffing and puffing and blowing their houses down. You're just like, oh, well, you know, that's not for me and that's okay. So just, you know, don't self-sabotage like I did. It's bad. (laughs) (laughs) Be nice, be funny. And be nice to yourself too. And be funny to yourself. Cause I think that we're all, we can all be pretty to ourselves when we want to be. And it's, it's unnecessary, especially as comics. We're like, have like one joke that didn't land. We're like, I'm stupid. (laughs) Stupid. Well, I'm going to open a pyramid scheme instead. I don't want to do comedy. I'm going to do yeah. my Dallas or something. <laughs> Who cares? Oh my gosh. This is wow. Yeah. I we're definitely going to have to do this again. And um Yeah. I I hope I hope you do get some messages with questions, but not too many because I'm going to have more questions for sure. Yeah, no, oh. message away. I I I, I got time. So uh I so got th- time, but Wow. Yeah. Thank you so much. I mean, this was a, yeah, this was a gold mine. You, you've, wow. This is such good timing, even for my show and what I'm trying to do to really, you know, build it into what I believe it can be. And I'm hoping other people feel the same of a show they're doing or a show they've thought about doing that this episode then inspires them to actually do. So thank you so much, Eva. Oh, no. Thank you, guys. And thanks for everyone who tuned in. I can't see all the comments right now, but I really appreciate your questions. And please, please reach out if you guys need 
anything at all. And I think Joel, you have the template that I, I that do, I sent yeah. you. And I, I shared it. I shared it in the chat here and in the group. And uh, I'll be sure to link it okay, in awesome. the description of the uh, episode as well. Awesome. Yeah. And so anyone who, you know, anyone who has questions after they've answered all of those questions and wants to come to me and kind of review it, I'm happy to get on a call with you guys and kind of help you like work through that as well. Like I'm, I just like helping people. So you just let me know what you need. Wow. Wow. That's so Canadians. Good. Eh? We'd be like hey. that. <laughs> after you answer the questions though. After you do your do, homework. You got to meet Eva halfway here. Don't show up to <laughs> Eva like solve my problem. You know, meet her halfway here yeah. and put in the work and respect her and her expertise, you know, so. Thanks, guys. Well, I really appreciate you, Joel. I hope good luck at your show. There it is, Hot Breath of Verse. If you found this episode inspiring, if you learned something, even just one thing in this episode, please don't keep it a secret. Share this with your fellow comedians. That's how Eva heard about the show. That's how so many of you heard about the show. So let's not keep it a secret. We are disrupting comedy in a major way. Just like crypto's decentralizing finance, we are going to decentralize Hot Breath and put the power into the comedian's hands. And we're going to do that by sharing episodes like this, teaching comics the sauce of how they can create their own success and stop waiting on other people's approval. So go forth, hot breathers, share this with your peers and your community, share this on social media if you feel inspired to, and reach out to me, please. I love hearing from you and make this the episode you actually reach out. I'd love to hear from you. I'd love to connect with you in our free comedy writing Facebook group where we do a daily joke writing contest just to help you write on the reg, you know? I appreciate you so much, and we're all in this together, my friends. And until next Monday, right here on Hot This episode of Hot Breath is sponsored by our Patreon. If any of our content has helped your comedy career, join our Patreon linked in the show notes and get positive comedy karma for life. Probably.